Hi guys, welcome to the Simple Doesn't Mean Easy podcast. We are here weekly working at simplifying things in our lives one simple step at a time. I'm your host, Michelle Visser, and in this kind of mini season of sorts, I'm answering some of your questions and I'm giving you my thoughts on a few topics that didn't really fit into other lumped season themes kind of we've had recently. We talked about um, what it's like doing things scared one episode. Last episode, we talked about what our grandparents knew that we really don't understand very well today. And this episode, I'm going to share from the heart, guys, about menopause, what no one told me and what I wish I had known. Next week, we're going to cover empty nest thoughts, what this season of like life <laughs> is like as an empty nest, um, how it's been super great, what the complications or difficulties might've been, maybe ways I could have or should have prepared for it, all that kind of stuff. I'm going to wait until next episode. I was going to lump them both in today. And I just, when my brain started filling up with all the things I really wanted to tell you about menopause, I thought, you know what? It, it really can just be two separate episodes so that this doesn't become too drawn out too long. Um, so I hope you join me next week too. And then after that, we start a new season. I've been recording for it. I'm excited about it. I've lined up guests. I've already recorded with a few guests. I think you're going to love it. So make sure you tune in to next episode for me to really break down for you what the upcoming season is about. Before we start today, I want to make sure you know that today's episode is sponsored by True Leaf Market. They are my go-to for so many things. Go to solelyrested.com slash seeds, S-E-E-D-S, solelyrested.com slash seeds, where I link to my absolute favorite things that I source from True Leaf Market. Yes, the first thing I think of is seeds when I think of True Leaf Market, but they have so much more that I use in my kitchen for so many different reasons and in so many different ways. The thing I'm thinking about right now is these amazing stainless steel, they're really heavy gauge stainless steel lids for mason jars. They have an amazing seal. Like I've never seen a seal like this on any other lid. And they're just such high quality. I use them on every single mason jar in my pantry, in my kitchen, in my cabinets. I use mason jars for storing so many pantry supplies, foods and ingredients. And these lids, I can't imagine my kitchen without them. So that's one thing on my list. If you go check out solelyrested.com slash seeds. And for just, I'm thinking, when will this be published? For just not quite two more weeks, you can take advantage of a great offer, limited time going on that I explain over there at solelyrested.com slash seeds. So, okay. First of all, with menopause, I want to tell you right up front, it in a lot of ways, is not nearly as bad as I thought it would be. And maybe that's because I really didn't know what to expect. All I heard was people whining and moaning and complaining about it. And I never really got details. The only, only thing I ever heard people bring up, I'm sure you know what I'm going to say, is hot flashes. Hot flashes are not the biggest central theme of menopause, if you ask me. But for some reason, that's all that people talk about. At least that's all I ever heard. 
And yet I will say, even though <laughs> that's all I ever heard, when I had my first hot flash, I had no idea what it was. I described this a while back and I don't even know what episode um, that I was just blown out of the water. I didn't know what was going on. My body felt like it was going to explode from the heat. I couldn't figure out why nobody else in the room was like tearing off their clothing because I was just so, so hot. The room felt like it was an oven and I was so confused, but I realized later that it happened the way it did for me because I was in the middle of a very extremely stressful time of my life following months worth of stress leading up to my daughter just coming out of spinal fusion surgery. And I'm entering the, uh, what do you call the room that you go to right after surgery? You know, that after operation room where the patients are lined up and still under sedation and and that's when my first hot flash happened. And I, I'm pretty sure that it's not like that for most people. But my only point is, even though that's all anybody ever talked about, the first time I had one, I was like, what is happening to my body? So I guess it is good that we certainly talk about hot flashes. But on the other hand, that was not a typical hot flash whatsoever. They're much more mild than that. Um, and, it, and you just you deal with it. You you just learn to dress in layers, no matter what, no matter how cold it is. I'm a person who, when it's cold, I I wear really warm clothes because I do not like to be cold. But I learned I got to have layers, even though the old Michelle pre-menopause would never have walked around in a short sleeve shirt in the winter. I need to make sure I have like a tank top maybe, and then a thin, maybe short sleeve, maybe long sleeve shirt over that. And then maybe a warmer shirt and then a, and a sweater on top of all that. You know, I just, I know that the flat hot flashes will come of it some, at some point, possibly in my day. And I know that they're going to be more extreme than other times sometimes. So I might just want to take off the sweater or I might go all the way down to the tank top, depending on how hot I am. But then I just go on with what I'm doing. It's really not a big deal. And I find they don't last me for long. They last maybe 10 or 15 minutes. And then I'm putting back on all my warm clothing. And it's not like you can't function. It's not like you're covered in sweat. You're just, you're just warm. Um, so that's, that's my thought on hot flashes that it, yeah, you should know about it, but it's not the thing you really need to know about. We're going to talk about all the other stuff in this episode. Um, I don't think I'll mention hot flashes again, actually, cause that's, that's pretty much all I have to say about them. <laughs> um, but what bothers me the most, I think these past, how many years have I been going through this? Six, six years now. Um, and I really didn't have, I should also say, I didn't really have a perimenopause. Is that what it's called? That pre-time leading up to it. And I think it's because of all the stress and the grief and so much that was piled into literally two and a half months of my life that my body just couldn't handle it. And the hormones just said, we're done. And my cortisol levels were probably like beyond humane, like through the roof. And I just, I just went right into menopause. So I don't think I'm sure that's not normal either. Um, but anyway, it's been six years now since that intense hot flash happened and things got rolling for me. But what has bothered me the most over these past six years? Um, the first thing that comes to mind is weight gain. I, I had controlled my weight after having my four children, our family, you know, we, we knew this was the extent of our family. We knew we weren't going to have more kids. And then I started thinking about my own health and I got into a very good place where I was very healthy. I was exercising regularly, feeling really good. And that went on for over a decade of my life. And then this happened 
and suddenly I had, I, I felt like no control over my weight. I had no control over how I felt with seeing the weight, the, the pounds pile up and not understanding what it's coming from because I wasn't doing any of those typical things that normally would lead to weight gain. And that I, I think has been probably my biggest struggle. We'll talk some more about that in this episode, but I think that would, I, I think that's what I would say is number one. Although a very close second is dry mouth. I never, ever knew this. And I don't know why people don't talk about it, but it's a major symptom of menopause. And the thing that's bothered me the most about dry mouth is the nighttime. I found out pretty early on in menopause that I was waking up often at night. And, you know, most people say it's because they have to go to the bathroom or they're having a hot flash. But no, for me, it was the dry mouth. And I couldn't figure out why this was happening because I've never had this happen in my life. But I wake up and my mouth is so cottony dry. You feel like if I don't have something to drink, I like can't even breathe anymore. Like it's just awful. Um, okay. There is a solution to that. It's not really difficult at all. I just always have a good water bottle that is one that's really easy to drink from when you're not sitting all the way up. Like you can just get a quick sip out of a, a built-in straw and then make sure it's really easy to keep closed after you take your sip. Cause of course you can have a big mess in your bedroom if you're spilling your water often at night. Um, but as long as you have a good water bottle by your side and always keep it well filled every night, like that's the last thing I do before I go to bed is make sure my water bottle is full. <laughs> then, you know, every time I wake up, I'll take a few big sips. And for me, it's not a problem. I can go right back to sleep. So that that's one solution. We're going to get into a lot better, more solutions, but that's the first hands-on solution to that. Um, so more about dry mouth in a minute. Also, foggy brain drives me crazy. Like it's just, it's a weird, I didn't realize it was menopause and I kind of thought there was almost something wrong with me. And then I started researching, talking to some people, really digging into it. And I realized, oh, it's because my hormones are going so crazy right now that my brain just really isn't able to do the job it needs to do. And it's really not able to focus well, especially late afternoon. So for me, the thing that's really helped with that is matcha tea. Did I say that right? I always say it wrong. It's not matcha. Yeah, it's matcha. M-A-T-C-H-A. Um, it's a green tea that is processed differently than your average tea that you normally would soak in your hot water. Instead, it's turned into a powder and you actually dissolve it in your hot water. You can also dissolve it in cold water and I'll do that in the summertime. And I will add um, some maple syrup to it. And I will use some lemon balm. Um, I'll infuse that in my water before I add anything else. So I do that for the lemon flavor without the citric acid of real lemon because oh, there's so many things. I don't want this episode to be two hours. <laughs> so many things I've learned. But lemon is one thing that has been deteriorating my teeth. I think one problem I've been having with menopause is tooth decay and I was so flustered when I was at the dentist the first time and the hygienist and the dentist both were just kind of almost drilling me. Like I've obviously been doing something different. I've obviously been drinking soda or I've been, you know, they rattled off all kinds of things of horrible things I might be eating or sugary things, or what am I doing? Because this decay is, is not at all typical in what's going on. And it must've been 15 minutes of that. And me just feeling like I've 
so flustered. Like I haven't done any of these things. Nothing has changed. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know why I have all this decay suddenly. And what did he say? Oh, I can't remember. I can't remember what it was now. Something about one of my menopause symptoms. Wish I could remember which one it was. And then I, I said, oh, well, I'm dealing with menopause. And what you just said is one of the things I'm finding is happening because of menopause. And he said, oh, and then like that kind of stopped him a little bit. He said, okay, well, that could be it. And then he kind of went on with his typical things that he'd recommend to prevent decay. And I said, but wait a minute, wait a minute. This could be related to other menopause symptoms. Like a light bulb went off for me and I explained my dry mouth. And he said, oh, dry mouth can definitely lead to decay because the saliva is so important to keep the bacteria off of your teeth at night. So anyway, all of that to say, I don't know. What was I saying? <laughs> um, what was going to be my point to that? Just that. Wow. Okay. See the brain fogginess. See what I'm talking about? <laughs> um, okay. I'm not sure. But, oh, oh, the lemon juice, that's what it was. So I realized that I could grow my own lemon balm this summer and infuse that in my water and get a lemony, it's kind of a lemony mint almost flavor to the water that makes the matcha tea along with a little bit of maple syrup, really delicious. By the way, yes, I know maple syrup is sugar and I know that that is not good to be sitting on my teeth, but I don't use a lot and it makes the drink very appealing to me and the matcha is so good for me. And I will then you know, make sure I brush my teeth after. So um, the other thing, let's see. So what do we, what have I mentioned? The weight gain, the dry mouth, the foggy brain, irritability. When we talked about sleep deprivation, one episode, many, I think I've talked about sleep many times actually, because that's a big problem for me. Um, I mentioned that when I had the puppies, my irritability was crazy. Like on the drop of a hat, I would just throw out a cuss word, which is not like me, or I just get so miserable. And honestly, like instantly feel like my life is pointless. Like it's just down in the gutter, miserable over nothing, over something stupid. And, and it, I finally realized, oh, I'm not getting any sleep. The puppies had me up every couple hours, like for, I don't know, five or six weeks on end. I pretty much got horrible, horrible sleep. but. That's not the only thing. What I still hadn't pieced together at that point was the fact that irritability is also a problem related to other symptoms with menopause. So like when we can piece this all together and when we can understand that this crazy stuff happening to us or these weird things that we're doing actually all come down to menopause and some factor of it, then we realize there's things we can do to control this. And we realize simple diet changes simple sleep or exercise or food changes that can slowly make a difference. It's not a magic pill. There's no magic cure-all. And if somebody wants to start just giving you, you know, hormones or giving you pills to cure it, trust me, that's not going to cure it. It is a multifaceted, very deep layer issue. There's a lot of stuff going on in my body still six years into this. And there are so many different ways that I can address it. And all of them are simple and natural, and they're not going to be an overnight fix. But do they help? 
absolutely they help. Um, now, I know that some people, I should say before I go on, something that I have not, thank the Lord, dealt with, at least to any big degree, that I know a lot of people really do struggle with with menopause is depression. In fact, someone reached out to me. I'm just going to tell you her first name. Lisa reached out to me on Instagram last week. And I kid you not, so many things that she said. First of all, I was like, wait. I haven't recorded that episode on menopause, have I? Like so many things she was telling me, I'm thinking she's referring to my my episode, but wait, I haven't even recorded that. <laughs> like her mind and mine were in the same place and dealing with the same things. She too is in menopause. But she also shared that depression can be debilitating in menopause and other things too. When you add all these other things that I'm talking about up, it's a lot. And she was struggling walking through it and has a holistic doctor that's working with her and helping her. And when I got to the end of the message, I realized her point was really just that she's very excited about this episode that was coming out and thanking me for talking about the things that really should be talked about that no one tells you about menopause. Because when you realize you're not alone and when people are just honestly and openly talking about what they're dealing with, then that helps others so much. It's it's a big thing to simply know you're not alone. And then if you can also figure out what's happening, what what's causing these crazy symptoms, what's causing you to randomly cuss out loud when you don't usually do that, you know, you can work through every little issue and make a difference. So so what's happening in menopause? Well, when your hormone levels drop, your serotonin levels also start to fall. And that contributes to that increased irritability, that crazy, you know, there goes a cuss word out of my mouth, didn't even mean to do that. Or it can also contribute greatly to anxiety and depression. And your hormones being out of whack, they can trigger these crazy mood swings where you're thinking, oh, life is great. Why did I think menopause was hard? And then within five minutes, yelling and being upset at somebody over something you shouldn't be upset about. Um, but your hormones being so out of whack really make it hard to cope with things that normally would just roll off your back. Normally white might not even bother you at all. And then you add in some of those other factors, like you're not able to sleep well, you're dealing with the hot flashes. So you're cranky because you have to peel off three layers of clothes and you're gaining weight and you can't understand why. And you're just feeling blah, all of that. It, it can make you a mess. Um, so weight gain, what have I done? I know that, by the way, there every question that has come to me, I didn't think about it as they were coming to me about like writing down your names or your actual question, but sure enough, like check boxes I could check off. Okay, that's I'm gonna talk about that. Oh yeah, I'm gonna talk about that. That that's gonna be in the episode. So um one thing that a few different people wanted to know was about weight loss stuff. And first of all, I would tell you, go back and listen to that episode that I explained how I lost 20 pounds in the middle of menopause. That was episode 13 in season four. Um, but we're going to talk more about it today too. Those declining estrogen levels and the lifestyle factors, like um, often when you get to your 50s, Maybe this isn't true of most people, but I, I kind of started to get a little lazier about my diet, add in the empty nest thing, and it's just you and hubby, and you have more time to 
you know, bake and just sit around and eat. <laughs> so, so diet definitely can be a factor and lack of exercise can be a big factor. Um, I just think it's, it's silly, but I'm 54 and like exercise is a little bit harder and doing some of the things that I did when I was 44 are just a little bit harder. And you get kind of irritated that it's like, dang, my body feels kind of old or my muscles aren't doing what they're supposed to do. And without realizing it, I think we do exercise less because when something's a little bit more challenging, you just go, ah, eh, I won't walk down there. I'll just hop in the gator and drive down there. Whereas 10 years ago, I would have never considered hopping in a gator to drive down to where the pigs are or whatever the case. So I just think it's just a lifestyle thing that you do have not as good of a diet, possibly not as much exercise, possibly you have your declining estrogen level. So weight gain is going to be a thing for sure, or, or difficulty with it. But the biggest things I recommend is right off the bat, real food. If you can get rid of as much processed food as you can eat the real stuff. And then the stuff that even isn't that good for you, like bread or cookies, you know, that could cause you to gain weight. If you're eating sourdough homemade bread and you're eating cookies that you've made with only fresh flour and all natural sugars and the good stuff, they're not going to be as bad for you. If you know what I mean, you still need to be careful and watch what you are eating and choose more vegetables for sure. But real food makes a difference. Regular exercise. We've talked about this. You have to be routine about it. You have to make yourself daily exercise. So you need to find some exercise that you actually genuinely enjoy. If it's not as rigorous as you think it should be, if it's not as, I don't know, impressive to others that, oh, I do CrossFit or whatever. If instead your exercise is a 30 minute walk every day, like, but you love it, then that's okay. Do it. Whatever you love the most is what you should be focusing on to make sure you get it in daily. It's so important. And then something we have, I don't know if we've talked about this really, is strength training. When we reach our mid-50s, we definitely are starting to lose our muscle tissue. And we don't want that to happen, but strength training helps build the muscle. Also, any weight-bearing exercise can, this is huge for menopause, can prevent further bone loss and can actually even help rebuild bones. So I try, it's kind of funny when I'm doing um, a video workout, I will sometimes have so many weights lined up that like there's a whole long line of them because depending on what different exercises going on in the video I'm doing, I can only do maybe five pounds for this one, but for something else like a deadlift, I can do 20 pounds. So I have all the variation there so that I'm sure I'm challenging myself and I'm sure I'm doing the heaviest weight I can for whatever that exercise is. But I didn't know this in the beginning. I would just you know grab the three and five pound weights and be done with it. But I have learned that I really need to be pushing myself. I really need to slightly be increasing my weights in these different exercises very safely, of course, but to really build up that muscle because I'm losing the muscle. And if I'm not working actively to push myself to build it up, I'm going to lose it. And I'm also going to have osteoporosis. So both things I want to avoid. Also protein. Protein is so important. I feel like it has been talked about a lot more just recently, which is so good. But you know what? We're going to do a whole, I'm not even going to go into that more right now because we're going to do a whole episode on that next season. I'm excited about that. So make sure you catch the protein episode because there's so much that we need to understand about protein and great ways to get it into our diet daily.
Um, oh, another thing for weight loss that's kind of crazy and so simple, and I love it, is chicory. If you follow on Instagram, you know I've been growing it myself for a couple of years now, and it makes me crazy happy. Like it's talk about serotonin levels and dopamine. Let's get out there in the garden and grow something that's good for us, that tastes delicious, that's fun to grow, that's providing food for the pigs as well as my teas. It makes me so happy. Um, let me explain what I'm talking about. Research has linked chicory to all kinds of health benefits, and I take the root of it. I cut it up, we'll clean it first, take all the hair roots off, slice it, dehydrate it, put it in my oven to, um, again, there's the brain fog, <laughs> dehydrate it in my dehydrator and I put it in my oven to roast it. And then I grind it up and I use it for teas. <laughs> when I brought the roots in last week, I had this big bass, this big bucket actually full of roots. And I'm all excited and showing all my daughters. And she said, what are you going to do with that? And I explained to her what I was going to do with it. And she said, that sounds like a whole lot of work. <laughs> like I hadn't even thought of it because I'm so excited. Like, yeah, it is work, but it's worth it. Let me tell you why. Um, but some of the health benefits that chicory has been associated with is improving our digestive health, aiding in weight loss and improving our gut health. And the great thing is there's no caffeine in it and it's replacing coffee for a lot of people. A chicory tea tastes very much like coffee, but it has zero caffeine. And caffeine not only gives you trouble sleeping at night, more so in menopause, but I didn't know this either. Caffeine leads to hot flashes. And sure enough, when I started watching my caffeine intake, and drinking more of my chicory tea instead of all my black teas, I kid you not, the hot flashes got so much spaced apart. Like I would go days and days without one. And I'm like, oh, I wonder if this is just because of the caffeine. So there's definitely something to it. Chicory, but chicory root fiber um, regulates appetite and it helps you decrease your overall, you know, calories you're taking in. So that's how it leads to weight loss, but it's just, it's just a great tea. I love the flavor of it. I have a mix. I'll share a link in the show notes, um, that uses chicory and cinnamon and dandelion root because of the health benefits with dandelion root. So those three things, they're absolutely delicious together. I soak just a tablespoon of it in hot water, a cup of hot water, 16 ounce cup of hot water, and it makes a delicious tea. Um, what else? Oh, adaptogens also have become a game changer for me. I'm going to break down just a few of them, but trust me, there's more. In fact, grab my pantry checklist. I'll be sure and link that in the show notes, but you can just go to, um, solelyrested.com slash pantry. And a lot of the adaptogens are on there that I'm going to be talking about plus a whole lot more. But, oh, and also my hot chocolate mix is loaded with adaptogens. And I make sure I have a cup of hot chocolate all winter long every day. Now there, there's a really hard thing to do, right? To make sure you have a cup of hot chocolate to improve your health, <laughs> but it's true. It is healthy hot chocolate with the adaptogens in it. And let me just break down some of them. Um, there's, well, first of all, there's, before I get into the adapt adaptogens, there's coconut milk powder in 
the hot chocolate. And, and in fact, it doesn't have to be coconut. Did I say coconut? Yeah, I said that right. Coconut milk powder. Um, it doesn't have to be that. Any nutrient-dense source of fat that you can put in your daily diet is so important when you're in menopause. We're going to have a whole episode about that next season as well, how good fat is so important, what good fat looks like, and how it has important omega omega-3 fatty acids. Um, so does cod liver oil, by the way, something else I'll, I'll, I'll just, I'll get to that in a minute. Um, but the good nutrient dense fat nourishes our brain and nourishes our entire nervous system actually. So that's important because our brain is struggling so much with what's going on with our hormones. And like I said, it's having trouble doing its other functions. So if we can nourish it, in this simple way of making sure we're getting good fat, it's important. Also, the omega-3s help build protein, they give you energy, and they help reduce osteoporosis. So many great reasons. And, and they help you maintain your weight. So, so many great reasons to make sure you're getting a nutrient-dense fat. And one way I put that in my hot chocolate is that coconut milk powder. Also, ashwagandha, it helps folks sleep better which is so helpful during menopause, but I love that it's been shown to help our bodies manage stress. So when your cortisol levels start to rise and you start to act crazy, <laughs> um, anything that you can do, like having this cup of hot chocolate with some ashwagandha in it every day really does help. There's also lion's mane in there that helps with your, your brain health, your cognitive health as well. And it reduces anxiety and it reduces depression. By the way, all these things, there's like studies out there. Just Google these things and you will be able to read the scientific studies about all these adaptogens that are so, just such good things to so easily add to our diet every day. Maca powder is a great one. Maca is actually a vegetable that contains fiber, um, vitamins and minerals, I guess amino acids. And I, I think it's a teaspoon a day. That's a good amount of maca. Um, but huge bonus. I love this because I use Redmond Real Salt, which does not have iodine added to it. So I'm always interested if I can find something to put in my diet that does have iodine because it is an essential nutrient. Maca is a good source of iodine, which, um, you know, like I said, that's it's, it's a much needed trace mineral that we need to have in our day. And it's naturally, um, it has this nutty, like butterscotch taste. So it's so good in the hot chocolate. It's good in a lot of things, good in smoothies, chocolate shakes. Some studies uh, suggest that it actually improves our energy level, makes us happier. It actually has been shown, this is what turned me on to maca, how I first found it when I was researching how to help with hot flashes. It actually alleviates menopause hot flashes and helps with sleep, does all those things, helps with the cognitive function. So there's a lot of good reasons to look into maca powder. Um, I don't know if it's maca or maca, M-A-C-A. Then cod liver oil. I told you I'd tell you about that. Um, I take a teaspoon of that a day and you can mix it. I know people go, oh, cod liver oil. But I mean, you can mix it like with juice or put it in your smoothie. You don't even notice it. If it's in a big smoothie, just a little teaspoon of cod liver oil. You could put it in your yogurt 
anything that will disguise like that fish taste. But my secret to taking cod liver oil is one that I purchase. It's on my pantry checklist, the link to it. I get it from Azure Standard and it is cinnamon infused. And I kid you not, that cinnamon totally negates that gross fish taste. And I just take it straight, one teaspoon a day, no problem. But do be very careful if you're going to look into cod liver oil about your source. It's so important to source good cod liver oil that is not um, taken from polluted sources. And you, know, you just want to make sure it's a good source. And I know when I get it from Azure Standard, it's it's the best high quality cod liver oil. But, oh, another thing that's important about the cod liver oil is it's has a, it's really dense in vitamin D. And vitamin D is very hard to find in foods. If you want to know more about this, actually, I talked with Dr. Michelle Jorgensen on my episode with the dentist. That is such, oh, such an insightful episode. And vitamin D is so important to be getting in our foods. And cod liver oil is one way to do that. It also has omega-3 fatty acids. If you're not consuming enough omega-3s, then your brain is going to not get enough nutrients. And omega-3s also balance out hormones. And it, it just naturally, because of that, prevents so many of the common symptoms of menopause. So omega-3 fatty acids, so important. Um, you should have, I looked this up, one and a half grams of omega-3 a day, the average person. And a cod liver oil gives, if you have a tablespoon of it, I only take a teaspoon of it a day. If you take a tablespoon of it, you get 1.7 grams so just that, if you have no other fat in your day whatsoever, just a tablespoon of cod liver oil is going to give you more than you need for your daily amount of omega-3s, but I'm getting them in other ways too. So one teaspoon of cod liver oil is, is good for me every day. But, okay, so I told you a few ways, right, um, that I'm getting the, the omega-3s. Um, healthy fats, did I mention lard? I don't think I mentioned that. I only use lard or avocado oil for my source of oil in everything. And I'm making the lard. What is lard? If you're wondering, it is pig fat that has been rendered down. That simply means it's been boiled to process it down to a consistency of like spreadable. It's kind of like spreadable butter consistency. Um, do not buy lard at the grocery store. That's going to be hydrogenized not something that you want, not good for you. But if you can source genuine, true pork lard, it's a very healthy fat. Um, I've mentioned the coconut milk powder that I put in my hot chocolate mix and cod liver oil. Oh, one other favorite source of omega-3s is chia seeds. They're so easy to put in my smoothie or my shake and they are really, really good for you and high in the omega-3s. But research the best way for you to up your omega-3 fatty acids. Do some research and include something that you enjoy, that you like, that's easy to add into your day. What else? Um, I've been talking a lot on Instagram about mint. And I don't think I've mentioned on Instagram that one reason I love mint is not just the amazing flavor and how easy it is to grow. I have so many varieties that I grow every year. Um, I've been making extract that then makes it so easy to preserve and add it to things all winter long. But mint has been known to keep your brain alert. So when I have that brain fogginess, the mint is very helpful. 
It also helps improve our memory retention. And just drinking like mint-infused water, mint in your tea, it can keep your your sluggishness at bay. Sometimes I will add mint instead of lemon balm to my matcha. I was going to say matcha, but it's matcha, I think. (laughs) Um, Okay. Dry mouth. I told you I'd tell you more about that. The best solutions I found. Well, how do I want to, there's something else I want to tell you too. There's so many things I want to tell you. I'm afraid I'm going to forget things. Um, Let me go back to the first thing. Tooth powder helps relieve your dry mouth. The tooth powder that I discovered from um, Living Well with Dr. Michelle, I'll link that in the show notes. It is amazing. I also have a special offer for only, you know, my followers that you're going to love. So definitely go check out um, the show notes or it's on my pantry checklist, everything there. My pantry checklist doesn't only link to all these things that I love that have been so life-changing for me in some ways. Um, they also, there's coupon codes there for everything that I have a special offer for you guys for it's on that checklist. So definitely go to solelyrested.com slash pantry if you haven't already and download that. Um, but the tooth powder has xylitol in it and xylitol is a solution to dry mouth, which I did not know before, but it's really kind of cool. It's a natural ingredient that stimulates our saliva. And also bonus, it has an anti-carthaginic uh, effect with that it fights the decay. It fights the bacteria in your mouth as well. And so that's a nice bonus that the tooth powder has that as well as it has um hydroxyapatite, which is the natural way that our teeth fight decay from the inside out. And we're putting it on the outside going in the natural way. Fluoride is not natural. Fluoride has been shown to be detrimental to our health for so many reasons. So I wanted to switch to the natural way to fight decay. And so far I have had wonderful results. This is the other thing I didn't want to forget to tell you. I also started a vitamin supplement from the same source where I get my tooth powder. And it is making sure that in my daily diet, I'm having those things that our teeth need to be able to take in the vitamin D that they need and the other nutrients they need to build the teeth and to prevent decay. So those two things have been my hopefully solution. I go to the dentist next month, see if things have changed some, um, the better greatly improved tooth powder and my natural supplements that I'm taking. Okay. Um, what else? So the xylitol, let's see, I have a note here that a, there's been a review. There's been many studies that have found that xylitol decreases bacteria in the mouth and it's the exact bacteria that causes the dental cavities that the xylitol is fighting And it actually changes the oral microbiome and decreases the harmful bacteria and improves our oral health. So that's all great. But for me, like I said, the biggest thing was that it stimulates saliva production. It's so amazingly great. Okay. Another thing that (laughs) I saved this towards the end because I don't know, I feel weird even saying it, but I will tell you something no one ever told me about menopause is the fact that constipation is more common in menopause. It's more common with the fact that you're aging anyway, but 
well, for me, I think it, I think the reason it increased is because I started increasing my protein, which is so important. You've got to increase your protein as you get older. But I, I think that's what led to a lot of different things. But here's the thing that I never thought about with constipation. It's going to lead to a weak pelvic floor. I hate Kegel exercises. After I had each baby, I just hated doing them. But they work. They really, really work. I haven't had to do Kegel exercises since I had my last child. And here, two decades later, I'm going, what's going on with my pelvic floor? And then I finally realized, oh, it's because my bowel movements have changed. They've become more firm. And when there has been some constipation, that hurts the pelvic floor. So I, like I said, I kind of hate the Kegel exercises, but sure enough, whenever I have this problem, they make a huge difference just a week or two of making sure I'm doing those. Um, but another thing I want to tell you is kombucha is a great way to combat constipation. It's so good for your gut health. There's so many reasons to drink it, but it definitely helps with that. But I did talk with Dr. Michelle back in that episode with the dentist. Actually, I just looked it up. It's season five, episode nine, where I interview the holistic dentist. Fantastic episode, season five, episode nine. Um, but she did, I actually asked her about kombucha because I know it's acidic. So therefore it is not good for your tooth enamel. One thing she didn't mention that I do is I always use a straw because that's getting it past your teeth, right? When you're taking it in. But she explained to not brush right after, which I never knew. I always thought brushing right after drinking kombucha was good. But she explained that if some of the kombucha does lay on your teeth, deteriorates, it starts deteriorating the enamel. And if you instantly brush, you're literally going to wipe away the enamel. But instead, set a timer for half an hour after drinking the kombucha and then brush your teeth. And I do that every time I have a glass. Oh, and also, she I don't think she said this either, but I also try to not nurse it. I've talked to my dentist about that. If you're going to drink something not great for your teeth, get it done. Drink it with your meal or your snack and get it done. Don't sit there and sip on it for two hours. Instead, do that with your water, you know, or your healthy good teas. Um, so don't drink kombucha, definitely. If you want to know more about that, by the way, go to solelyrested.com slash, ooh, now I'm wondering, is it, I guess I should look this up really quickly. Um, I have, well, you know what? You can just search, honestly. You can just um, search solely rested, S-O-U-L. I'm trying to <laughs> I'm trying to type while I'm talking and it's not working really well for me. Um, S-O-U-L-Y-R-E-S-T-E-D is how you spell solely rested. If you Google solely rested kombucha, um, let me see, I think that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking up to where I want to send you. Yes. Um, no, that's different. <laughs> um, anyway, if you look up solely rested kombucha, you will pull up my resources on kombucha or you can go to my website and then put kombucha in the search bar. But I guess I don't have, I'm trying to figure out. Okay. Well, I could send you to solelyrested.com slash kombucha. And that tells you about my masterclass. But what I'm disappointed in myself is I don't have a nice URL to send you to where you can get all my free resources on kombucha before you even dive into my masterclass. Um, so I'll put that link in the show notes. Okay. Or reach out to me on Instagram and I'll make sure you have it. Anyway, so it's really good for you, but make sure you're using a straw. 
not nursing it for a long time and brush half an hour after drinking the kombucha. Okay. Irritability, depression, overall sadness. Um, did I cover everything else? The tooth decay was huge for me and the dry mouth and the weight gain. Um, I think that's everything though, that I wanted to cover this episode. Well, I guess I didn't mention a lot about cortisol. Um, do everything you can to keep your cortisol levels down because in menopause, estrogen levels drop and the cortisol instantly rises. That's just the way it happens. When the estrogen goes down, the cortisol goes up. And when your cortisol levels are high, you have an increased appetite and your body is going Hey, I'm going into stress mode. I need to store up my fat. So you start shifting the way your metabolism works and you're storing fat. That's why we have this huge weight gain without doing anything different in our life when we're in menopause, because our body's in stress all the time and it's storing up fat, even though you're not doing anything bad to make it store fat, you're not eating extra. Um, so whenever you're stressed, your cortisol levels are going to rise. Do everything you can to keep your stress lower in menopause. And ironically, things like counting calories and intense exercise can actually lead to more stress, right? <laughs> so it's just a vicious cycle. Um, but make sure you are getting enough sleep. And that's the biggie for me, huge for me. When I'm not getting enough sleep, my cortisol levels are always going to be higher. And um, do things like if you can walk 30 minutes a day, studies have actually shown just five times a week, 30 minutes a day makes a huge difference in your cortisol level. Plus being outside in nature, getting the fresh air, even if it's cold and there's snow on the ground, it still makes you feel better. It's so good for you to get outside. So that's one thing I highly recommend. Try to get outside and walk 30 minutes a day, five times a week to help the cortisol. Um, also, regular exercise of any kind is going to make you more resilient to stress and is going to help you sleep better. So do whatever you can to keep the stress levels down for sure. Also for me, I've talked about my 4-8 attitude thing that decades ago, I really started working on having a four, it's a four colon eight because it's based on Philippians 4-8, the Bible verse. Um, let me look up where it was. It was season four. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Episode 11, I think that I talked about that some, um, but just having the right attitude and especially at those moments that you feel yourself just having this major stress response. First of all, remind yourself, oh, this is because of menopause. This is my body responding that way. And I don't have to respond this way. And then second of all, have that positive attitude, find the good positive side to the situation, whatever is true and lovely and pure and noble and right. Think about those things instead of whatever it was that made you want to bite somebody's head off. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I hope that helps, but thanks for listening, friends. Thanks for letting me ramble on and on about all the things I wish I had known about menopause. And I hope there were some things in here that helped and encouraged you, whether you're in this season of life or if it's far off for you. Or maybe you know somebody else who's in this stage of life, or maybe your mom's in this stage of life. I hope there was some nugget here of something that could really help you and encourage you. And if nothing else, if it's far off for you, if you took the time to listen to this, I think it will be beneficial to you because 
this will be enough to put these thoughts in your mind. And when you're down the road and entering this crazy stage of life, you might remember that, oh, Michelle talked about that once. Let me research that some. And you'll know that you're not crazy and you're not alone. So thanks for listening. Next week, we're talking about Empty Nest. And then two Mondays from now, we're not going to take a break. Two Mondays from now, we are going to start that new season that I'm so excited about and pumped and working on it. We're going to talk about those simple everyday things that we need in our daily diet and what you don't know about them. So don't miss that season. And it's not going to be fancy things, by the way, like the adaptogens or the cod liver oil that we're talking about today. It's going to be simple stuff, really simple stuff, and how to make sure you're getting enough of them in your diet. So until next time, remember, it is easy to forget how blessed we are to live this life. So enjoy the simple everyday efforts. It's not easy, but it's a good life.